0: Hello and welcome back to our podcast series, 95 Meditations Through Colossians with Campus Collective. I'm your host, Andrew Callahan. It's Wednesday, you've made it halfway through your week, and we are here once more with the man, the myth, the Anthony, Anthony Henderson.
1: What's up, man? Uh, Today's truth comes from Colossians chapter 2, verse 19. Uh, I'll read 19 through 23, just for context. I'd rather you not. Okay, I won't. (laughs) just kidding. I'll hum them. He's have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and aestheticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Um the truth that stands out to me really um is verse nineteen, and Paul, I think, stretches the point to the end of the chapter, but the idea that our, our growth as a Christian doesn't rely on us. Um this idea of the church body is a body that is knit together, all of its joints, its ligaments, its various parts, but Ultimately, it's not growing and sustaining itself. It's connected to the head, Um, at least in the ESV, head is capitalized. So Christ, and just from sheer holding on to Christ, that is where our nourishment our growth comes from, not from anything we do. No self-made religion, no asceticism, no amount of worldly wisdom that we could have.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's really sharp. It's a sharp condemnation, I guess, that Paul would say about these people who would insist on such practices of aestheticism, worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, he would condemn them with words as sharp as saying that they do not even hold fast to Christ, mm-hmm. from whom the whole body, nourished into together, uh, grows with the growth that is from God. And so I think that in saying that they don't hold fast to Him through whom the whole body grows, is implying, uh, at least indirectly, that... Their growth, or as it would appear to be growth, is no growth at all, because mm. growth is, is given only by virtue of being connected to the head of Christ.
1: Mm. I like that he uses the word nourished. Um, hmm. The idea that all of these other things that like, we turn to, like for me particularly, like when my walk with Christ isn't feeling particularly healthy, I'll start looking at, okay, what are the things that I'm doing instead of what are the things about Christ that are true that I am not believing and I think that that's, that's huge because our our growth, our sustainment doesn't come from holding on to our ability to do something. Uh, I don't want to bash Bible reading plans. I feel like I've said that already. <laughs> in, if you're doing a Bible reading plan, what are you doing? Get it together yeah, and stop, stop being disqualified. Stop doing your Bible. No. Um, <laughs> but I, I just go back to this because that was always something for me that it was like, man, if I missed that day and i didn't get to read those two chapters or whatever i was just like falling off the deep end mm. and i'm sure that there's somebody else that feels that same way and and just remembering like bible reading, prayer, community, those are all beautiful wonderful things god has given us as means of growth where we receive the gospel and we we take it in but those were never those aren't meant to be i think we can kind of like get under those things to where we we twist them as, like, those are my, those are how I'm, I'm growing, hmm. just by sheer fact of doing them. Yeah, there they are them, but we have here from God's Word that God gives growth. Yeah, yeah, I know, like, probably the most unhealthy times in my life, I was still doing the, doing the, the things, I guess, quote-unquote. Or, like Paul points out later on in the chapter, like, the worldly wisdom, the things that you shouldn't do. I was probably not doing those things as well, but I think that the unhealthiness or the lack of any tangible growth in my life was because of not holding on to Christ as the head.
0: You know, I think that there's. It, it seems to me that this image he's employing here of a body. He talks about a head, the whole from the from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through his joints and ligaments grows. Uh, it, it seems that the the case he's making is that you are. You are transformed into the image of Christ foremost, not only, of course, as Anthony's talking about, the scriptures, for example, are means of our growth uh, that God uses and are actually necessary for any mature Christian to grow in Christ, but the the essence of our growth comes f- primarily by virtue of being connected to Christ. We are made into the image of Christ primarily by virtue of being connected to Him, and so uh, the, the leg, for example, doesn't have to choose independently to become healthy. Uh, it, it is healthy by virtue of being connected to an entire body uh, that is itself health uh, exercising healthy practices, of course, uh, which is, of course, I, I guess, to kind of extend the metaphor from the command to the mind. Um, I think this does relate to chapter 3 a little bit, which is not to get ahead of ourselves. I know that we'll probably get to this later in the podcast. But chapter 3, starting in verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Uh, it's not put on then towards the end of becoming chosen, holy, beloved. It is put on then as holy and beloved. So we grow not foremost to attain to becoming part of the body, but we grow by being, by virtue of being part of the body. And so, I mean, we have to start our identity in the promises of God, not in the performance of man.
1: Absolutely. I think Jesus speaks to that kind of like lifestyle. He, I mean, the, the Pharisees, Sadducees, well versed in the scriptures but he te- he tells them like you're you're searching you're doing all these things you're making a show of this like because you think that that's where the life comes from is checking off this religious box or this religious duty but the, the point he gets at and all throughout the gospels and the new testament is that the life comes from him not from doing things sure. like we get to enjoy him through the doing of those things but those doing things are not ultimate
0: yeah, I mean, think that's a great point. One kind of particular application that springs to mind is uh, we, we, it's faith. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate application, right? Like we need to have faith in the promises of God, namely, in this context, the promise that he will see us unto completion. That he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. It is Christ who works in you through the Spirit, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Um, and so when we keep that in mind, that it's faith in His promises that He will be faithful to His promises. Uh, here's what the mature Christian doesn't do. You know, when, when you receive these this truth by faith, we don't say, "Thank goodness, I am now free to not read the Bible." Absolutely. Any more so than somebody would say. Oh, thank goodness! I'm free now to not drink water. I mean, Mm -hmm. like you can tell tell somebody that you're not say, like you don't live because you are committed to the idea of drinking water. Mm -hmm. You live by simply receiving the water, right? Which is true. But if that person were to to say, then, oh, thank goodness! I don't want to be a legalist. I'm never going to drink water again. We, rec- we have the freedom to actually read the Bible uh, for his intended purposes, which is that he has the word of truth. That this is the testimony of Christ. We are not saved by any reason, anything except by the testimony of Christ. Uh, absent of knowing the gospel, of receiving it by faith, there is no salvation. And you don't receive the gospel from anywhere except the testimony of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so the mature Christian uh, is freed from the legalism of the Bible plan kind of attitude that Anthony's getting at, which, of course, I follow Bible plan. We're yeah, not condemning uh,
1: that, of course. I mean, get out of
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the free Christian says, I am free. I am no longer chained by my Bible as a, a hopeless means of salvation, but I am free in Christ to actually feed myself through the Word of God to attain to the promises of Christ through His own grace.
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Spot on. We... All of these things we get to do now, we get to do out of complete freedom and enjoyment. And um, just like, the, like this idea that they were, these Colossian heretics were, were trying to get in and tell them that they needed to have some kind of worship experience, like, or f- feel some kind of way. Like, we're, we're so free to, to just worship how, however it is that we worship. Like, if you're a hand raiser or a, a dancer or, or whatever, man, like you're free. You're yeah. free to do that. You're free to read the Bible.
0: Absolutely. And that is really freeing. I have actually, this is kind of how we'll conclude, I suppose. But I've, I've talked with many people. This is actually my personal experience as well. We even become discouraged uh, because we compare ourselves, right? We're in worship services. I have personally grown discouraged, even resentful at times when I look around and I see people who seem to be having uh, these incredible, emotionally uh, rich worship experiences, Uh which is not, they were not insisting on those things, but there are some who would insist that you must sort of have that, that type of experience in order to sort of validify your faith. And it's not true. I was sort of uh, committing the sin of comparison in that regard, or I was uh, rooting sort of my hope in connecting to some sort of religious experience. And so we're free from that. Like if you are presently burdened uh, by that type of comparison or by so- some sort of—maybe uh, you are insisting for your own sake on having these religious experiences, that you're free from it. Trust the promises of Christ. I hope you will continue with us as we continue our podcast series, 95 Meditations Through Colossians, tomorrow.